0: Good evening, Union Grove friends and family. Uh, so I was talking to Pastor Faber. It was Tuesday morning, and he was telling me about how tired he was doing all the work at his house. And I was asked by him to preach maybe in one or two weeks. And I said, well, you know, I'm ready to preach this week if you need me to. So we decided that'd it be best to give him a break. And we're going to study the book of Ruth uh this Wednesday and Sunday it's going to be a two part little mini series on the book of Ruth and it's Ruth is just four chapters long so there's there's not much to this um the lesson's not rushed it's been something that I've had in the back of my mind and uh so today with me are Pastor Faber. Hey guys, uh, we're here, I'm here and Larry as well. Hello. Larry's our music minister for anybody that's <clears throat> unaware.
1: Yeah, there are people, Kelton, that listen to this that are not even at Union Grove. So Mm -hmm. I'm the senior pastor at Union Grove, and Larry's the music minister, and we're here in our wonderful rec center. I've got a cup of coffee, and we're relaxed, and it's Wednesday afternoon, and it's chilly outside, and the sun's shining, and we're not worried about the virus, and we don't want you to be either. Amen. and,
0: And we're just here to worship the Lord together. And uh, I'm also the youth pastor. Yeah. He, he lets me He lets me uh, give him a break every now and then. All right. Well, why don't
1: you, uh, since you're doing this teaching, Kelton, why don't you open us in a word of prayer? All right.
0: <clears throat> Dearly Father, thank you for this beautiful weather. And please just be with this lesson, God, and let your wisdom and, and truth be spoken. And God, please just move our hearts to worship you and to move towards you, God. Thank you for the men that are with me in this room and just the blessings that they've been and to me and to the church, God. And God, please just end this pandemic, heal the people. And until then, let us be willing to to submit to the authority above us, God. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for your son dying on the cross for our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Larry, what Amen. are you uh, what are you gonna what song are you gonna open
2: well, with? Well I got a song called Famous One. Uh, we'll open with that, which is a great song about God being absolutely the famous one. You are the Lord,
3: the famous one, famous one. Great is your name in all the earth The heavens is he declared. fame beyond the earth, and for all you've done and are yet to do, with every breath I'm praising you, desire of nations and every heart, you alone are God. and every eye is watching you. Revealed by nature and miracles, you are beautiful, you are beautiful. You are the Lord, the famous one, famous one. Great is your name
0: Limited to 30 minutes per podcast. I'm going to paraphrase the the story of Ruth so that uh, we can save on time. Similar to how I did in the book when we studied the book of Judges. So, chapter one starts off telling us about an Israelite family that uh, left Israel for for Moab, the country of Moab, because there was a famine in Israel. Uh, this man and his wife had two sons, and the sons married Moabite women after their father died. After about ten years, they, uh, when they, in, into their uh, living in Moab, the the two sons died, and all that is left of the family is Naomi, who's the mother-in-law, and the two daughters, the two the two young women that married her sons, and. Naomi decided to turn back to Israel because she had no nobody left except for those two uh, daughters-in-law's daughters-in-law. But they decide they insisted that they go with her back to Israel, and Naomi told them to return to their families and their gods and to get remarried because Naomi couldn't have any more kids, and the two daughters were Orpah and Ruth. Orpah kissed Naomi goodbye and went back to her family, but Ruth decided to stay. In verse 16 through 17, in chapter 1, Ruth says, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God.
1: And and Kelly, she's the
0: daughter-in-law, correct? Yes. All right. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates me from you. Naomi sees that Ruth cannot be convinced otherwise, and then stops urging her to go, and then the two return to Bethlehem as the barley harvest is beginning. Then we go to chapter 2, and it's revealed that Naomi has a relative from her side, from her husband's side, named Boaz, and... Ruth goes in, into fields to harvest leftover grain. This was a common practice for Israelites because God commanded them to leave parts of the fields unharvested so that the poor, the needy, the travelers, and foreigners could harvest some. And as it turns out, Ruth was harvesting in Boaz's field. And Boaz asks his workers who she is, and they tell him the whole situation. And he gives her some food, and she eats her fill. And then he tells his harvesters to leave her be and give her some, get some stalks for her or leave some stalks for her and Ruth returns to Naomi and it is revealed that she worked in Boaz's field. Naomi excitedly proclaims that Boaz is what's called a kinsman redeemer for their family. I'll explain what that is after the, uh, summary. So then chapter three begins with Naomi instructing Ruth on what to do regarding Boaz because Boaz was winnowing grain and Naomi instructed Ruth to dress in her best. This chapter is really interesting. And she dresses in her best, waits for Boaz to lie down, and then she instructs uh, Ruth to lay at his feet and requests for him to cover her with, a, with the corner of his garment over her. This was in accordance with Hebrew tradition and showed that she was willing to be redeemed by him, which part of that included being married to him. She was, she was showing her submittance to him and requesting his hand in marriage and so this was not uncommon it was not uncommon for servants to lay at their master's feet and boaz appreciates the gesture and compliments ruth about her character and says everybody knows how upstanding this woman is however he reveals that there's another kinsman redeemer that is in line before him so he sends ruth home with barley and naomi assures her that boaz will not rest until the issue is settled Can I interrupt you for a second, just for those who maybe are slow like me? So
1: what you're saying, if I'm getting this right, Kelton, is that, um, so Ruth is this daughter-in-law of this Naomi. Her husband's died, and that because she's related to, uh, she has a relative out there, and that the Jews had a system whereby you're, you're saying to us that, some relative out there had some rights to this daughter-in-law, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I haven't explained what the kinsman oh, okay. redeemer is just, yet. so I'll, I'll explain. Just trying mm-hmm. to figure that out. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: So then, in chapter four, Boaz seeks out the other kinsman redeemer and informs him that he has the right to buy and redeem their deceased relatives' land, but is also but he also has to take care of Ruth uh, mm-hmm. as uh, as a add-on to purchasing the land, and he has to carry on her late husband's name. And it was a the custom then for a kinsman redeemer to have to be required to have children with the woman if she had no children with her previous husband. This was an order that the man's name would be carried on. And the other kinsman redeemer said that he was not willing to endanger his own estate. So, backtrack a little bit. It's kind of interesting how Boaz introduces this to the other kinsman redeemer because he says he goes to the city gate, which is kind of where all the hustle and bustle is, where all the talk of the town and who's who is is that. And so let's see. In verse one of chapter four, he, he finds the guy and he says, come here, my friend, uh, sit down. And so they went over and sat down. Then Boaz took 10 of the elders of the town and said, sit here. And they did so. And he shows them the offer. And he, he says, Naomi, who's come back from Moab is selling the piece of land that belonged to our brother Elimelech. I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of those seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you redeem it, do so. But if you will not, tell me, so I will know. For no one has the right to do it except you, and I am next in line. And so this sounds all in good. He's saying, look, here's this land. You can purchase it. And... Then the guy says, well, I'll redeem it. And then Boaz says, well, however, on that day you buy the land from Naomi and from Ruth the Moabitess, you acquire the dead man's widow in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. And at this, the kinsman redeemer said, then I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I cannot do it. So if you don't know what a kinsman redeemer is, this is all confusing. So let me explain what a kinsman redeemer is. A kinsman redeemer was a a title put in place by God uh, early in, in Deuteronomy, and basically, what it is is it's a position for men to have to take care of widows. And so, what it, what they what the kinsman redeemer does is, if a, a woman's husband passes away, then somebody that's next of kin purchases his land, and if he had no children with the widow and she was still young. Uh, he marries her and has children with her in order to honor his deceased relative and to carry on his name. So this the, the, the first kinsman redeemer in line, we don't know his name, says he was not willing to endanger his own estate, which likely means he didn't want his children to have to share their inheritance. And then they finalize the deal and Boaz ends up being able to redeem the... The whole thing to purchase the land from Naomi and then marry Ruth and they end up having a child together and become great grandparents to King David and more importantly they become ancestors to Jesus. So at first glance we read Ruth and it's it seems like such a, a love story and such a, a cute little fairy tale of like oh man they they ended it uh, living happily ever after, and everything that 's kind of how the book of Ruth ends I mean it says they 're saying praises to to Ruth and uh excitedly proclaiming you know that she's she 's had a kid and all this and uh that 's really kind of how it ends however it's it 's way more than just a a fairy tale it this is a an account of how a real woman lived and how a real man lived and this is this is the story and we can find Christ in this account. So what's interesting in Ruth is the kinsman and redeemer title is mentioned here most in any other place in the Bible. And we get to look into Hebrew culture. Now this was a as I said before this was a position that was put in place by God to to redeem family members that had no way of redeeming themselves, especially widows at the time were, I mean, women were a lot of times not necessarily second class citizens, but they were almost property in a sense sometimes. And so God tended to put things like this in practice in practice so that this, that they wouldn't be rejected or forgotten. And so what's really interesting about this kinsman redeemer thing is we can compare this position to Christ So, first off, there are three main qualifications that someone had to be, uh, they they had to have in order to be a kinsman redeemer. So, first off, they had to be a relative. Usually, it would be a brother, but however, in this case, both brothers passed away, so it had to be the next of kin. (coughs) Then, next qualification is they had to be willing to actually uh, marry the woman that was uh, in question, or if there was no woman, to actually be willing to purchase the land. And then finally, they had to be financially able to support the widow and and purchase, or yeah, so financially able to support the widow, and just financially able to, to purchase the land as well. So, uh, how does this relate to Jesus, you might be asking. Well, the key verse in Scripture today is... Oh, I mean, other than the entire book of Ruth. The key verse is Matthew 20, 28. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So quite frankly, Jesus is our redeemer. And interestingly enough, he meets all the criteria that would be required of a kinsman redeemer. So I'm not saying Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. He goes much further than that. But today is an interesting focus on finding Christ in the Old Testament and seeing how we can see God was working in this even before Christ came came to earth. So, how does Jesus meet the criteria? Well, first off, he's he's our relative in the sense that he became a man. This is evident in many different scriptures, and it's clearly seen in 1 Timothy 2, 5. For there is one God... There's one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. So that's how Jesus fills in the first qualification. The next qualification is he is able to redeem us. So again, there's an abundance of verses that show that God has ample resources. God's resources are infinite. I mean, he created the universe, but... To focus down on one verse, Hebrews ten fourteen states, "For by one sacrifice, <clears throat> he has made perfect forever those who are willing to be made holy." And then, lastly, he is willing to redeem us, so we can look at Jesus's prayer in the garden, which is found in all of the gospels. Uh, but Luke twenty two forty two says, "Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done." There are also many accounts of Jesus performing miracles and uh, proclaiming his name to people in order to redeem them. Uh, However, this is the one scripture that we focused on. So Jesus came on the earth as a man. He was dead set on saving mankind and he knew the pain he was going to face. And though he lived a perfect life, he took our sin and his perfection made him the only sufficient sacrifice. Out of obedience to the Father and in his great love for the Father and for us, he bore our sin upon the cross and experienced the unimaginable pain of the entirety of mankind's sin. But God's power is much greater than our sin. Jesus defeated death and he rose from the grave. And His resurrection proves that we have been redeemed and that the cost was paid in full. So how does this affect us now, one might ask? I mean, especially for the longtime believer you know, we can we can often say, well, I know the gospel, and I know how it affects me, but it's important for us to remember, and it's imperative for us that we focus on the gospel because that's our main motivation. We, I mean, what is Christianity if we, if we don't have the gospel? It's nothing. So our entire existence is focused around the gospel, and so it's important for even the long-time believer because this is the encouragement that gets us through the hard times. And so... especially in uncertain times, we need to remember. So church, please remember that your debt has been paid. Nothing on this earth can harm us for the one that we should fear is the same one that redeemed us. No sickness is greater than our God. Rest easy because you have a redeemer that is willing, that has willingly died on the cross for you. And a verse that I love and it's, it's a super basic verse, but it's such a rich and deep verse. is John 3.16. And it's proof that Jesus died on the cross for us individually. If we look at the verse, which is, For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So that's a verse that we all should know by heart, or most of us know the most of it by heart. But what's interesting is it says in the second sentence of the verse, that whoever believes in him. So this word whoever is key because it, in, it implies that even if it was just one person that believed, Jesus would have still been willing. Whoever believes, so even if it was just you, listener, that believed in Christ, he would have still done it. That's how rich God's love is for us. That's how willing he is to redeem us. So this redemption process isn't just... Um, it's not just Jesus redeeming us and things are all fine and dandy, however, because there's a response that's required for redemption. And not only should we believe in it, but we should also be baptized as a demonstration of our faith to those around us. We should also repent as a product of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And then we should spread the gospel in obedience to his last commandment to the disciples, which is also known as the great commission. So today is more of a focus on Jesus in the book of Ruth. And Sunday this this obedience that I just mentioned will be discussed in further detail because we're going to focus on Ruth on Sunday and and Ruth's character. So I I recommend that uh we all read through the book of Ruth. It's only 4 chapters. You can read a chapter a day and I mean you'll have it by Sunday. And it's just such a rich book because it shows the great love between Ruth and Naomi and then eventually Ruth and Boaz as well. And Boaz was such an interesting character because of how righteous he was. You can just see it in this book. And the same goes for Naomi and Ruth. These people are just upstanding people that are devout followers of God. And... (coughs) So uh, do you two guys have anything to add? Do y'all have? I I do. I I think I want to come maybe down
1: a little bit. Your theology is great, but just talk about the human Mm -hmm. thing here. And I'm thinking of some things that popped in my mind. One, Larry and Kelton, is that, you know, I see something in Boaz that I love. I I see this guy that's generous. Mm -hmm. He's got these fields. He leaves this stuff behind for widow women and it's just a call to me as a, as a man and, and in the church to, you know, we're, we're going to be called to look after folks. And, and this goes for everyone in our church. If you've got extra things that you don't need, instead of like maybe going and renting a, I was thinking of how much money people waste on renting a storage facility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm. Instead
1: of storing things, why don't you find people that need what you have?
4: Mm-hmm, uh, right. And mm-hmm. I'm
1: faced with that today. I've got three desks over in my shop because we've been moving furniture and I'm closing mm-hmm. my law office. Figuring out who can I give this stuff to to bless them Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: instead of how do I hang on to this precious thing? So that's something in Boaz I see that I really love. And I see him, obviously, he's, uh, I don't know the word, he's attracted to Ruth.
0: Yeah. But
1: but he's not offensive (coughs) at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I just kind of like the way he tells her, look, I know you could have gone and chased any young guy. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a certain, I don't know, a sweetness about let's, it. Uh, yeah, let's, yeah.
0: let's read some. No, let's okay. do, let, let, let's okay. ask our comments.
2: Yeah, I, I find a thing here that I noticed about Naomi and Ruth, if you're talking about those two, because back in those days, you got to realize, in those days, being a widow was very tough. There were oh, A lot yeah. of times they were mm-hmm. ignored or taken advantage of. No way of to make it, a living. And, mm-hmm. and no way to make a living. Well, such selfless love is that Naomi, knowing that she would be alone if she lost her, both of her daughter-laws, she told them, not thinking of herself, but thinking of them to stay oh, and that's find your husbands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go, go, find somebody. And then, yeah, and then Ruth, knowing the trouble that Naomi would go through, re- gave that up and said, "No, I will. I very love you point. so much yeah. that I'm going to go mm-hmm. with you." That was just a selfless love it, from both of it them. It was oh, selfless.
0: Yeah, that's real so, sweet. This yeah. is this is getting into Sunday a little bit. That's all right. I but mean, yeah, no. That's it, as part. we've
1: learned, if you hear things repetitively, oh, again, yeah. it's how you learn it. But mm-hmm. I think the human elements to me or more interesting. Yeah, yeah. The Kinsman redeemer is a cool thing because, yeah, you know, Jesus is my Kinsman redeemer, but really, for me, probably the coolest thing in here is that weird thing we read about where he goes to sleep and says, lie by my feet, and she says, cover me over, and really, in getting into that, and I know, Kelton, you will, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing when we realize that we have the Lord's covering, mm-hmm. and we as believers are promised his covering, and, and I'm, Comforted by that in these times, I have prayed for the covering over my con- our congregation uh, with the coronavirus. Lord, cover us with your protection. <laughs> yeah,
2: yes. Because we, can't,
1: we can do all the stuff right and wear all the masks and wear all the gloves and still catch it. Absolutely. Because yes. yeah. we're all reading about that on the internet. This is happening to people. So, I mean, I, I see that as a cool picture for me, an immediate physical picture, Kelton, of how the Lord is my
2: covering.
0: I wanted to cover this mm-hmm. club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to read yeah. some about Boaz, because you, you mentioned Hillman, just his, how he uh, related with Ruth and just, or his his actions towards Ruth, and then I also wanted to kind of read a little bit about Naomi and, and Ruth's okay. actions. That's why I said this is getting into... Yeah. Well, I so, mean, if we're uh, going to
1: do it Sunday, you can still do it now. Yeah, yeah, that's why... I, that's Podcasts I'm,
0: are kind of a conversation. Mm-hmm. For, yeah. To, they're, they're, to let you know. So that's yeah. why I'm kind of, I, I was just preceding the message, I guess. So uh, one thing that I find really interesting between Naomi and Ruth, Ruth and Orpah were both foreigners. So they did not believe in God mm-hmm. before they married. Yeah, they were Moabites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were Moabites. So they didn't believe in God because Naomi says, return to your gods. And you know, gods, not, yeah, not gods. God. Yeah, lowercase g, s. So then what's really interesting, think about the testimony that Naomi and her family had to these two women that they were willing to follow their mother-in-law to a completely different land, a land that they'd never been to, a land that a they, God didn't, they know, didn't know. a God they didn't know. A God they didn't know. We can see that they knew him because the a the God they didn't know 10 years beforehand. But, I mean, they well, they, knew him.
1: they only knew him through their husbands mm-hmm, and their mother-in-law. Right.
0: They, right. Didn't, they were not raised with this God, with no. our God. Yeah. But, I mean, we see Ruth proclaims. She says, I want your God to be my God. Your mm-hmm. people, my people. And so... The testimony that this family had must have been amazing. It is amazing. So then, that's what's really interesting between Naomi and Ruth, and I mean, there's a there's a reason they loved each other so deeply.
2: You know, and it, it too, it's 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 a great testimony as that God's love is for everyone, because mm-hmm. a Moabite, yes, was not was not a Jew, They Jews go. were yeah. like the chosen people. Well, God, this this lady became the great grandmother of Jesus. Right? Well,
4: no, no, showing,
0: David. I want to, I so want to put then, many, yeah. many, many oh, more David. People. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah.
1: David. He says I and want
2: the many, many
1: more and people and under my covering than you may think. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and how often do we even, you know? Well, yeah. Yeah, that that's a lesson to us, you yeah. know. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so oh, computer just died. So, but that's fine. Man.
2: That's a good thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Larry and I find sometimes, Kelton, <laughs> when
1: your notes get lost, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, yeah, it <laughs> uh, really is, because
2: you 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 really, you really because you, you, you relate this to to humanity the way it is mm-hmm. now, uh, rather than just depending upon something that's, you know, But I'm, simp-
1: I'm sympathetic uh, with Boaz. I do. Maybe I mean, because I I I'm think think a 64-year-old guy. I think he's a
2: great man. You think about it. He's, he is he's a taking great guy. this lady in. And he's, and he loves her, and he finds true love, and and, and mm-hmm. they they then like you said become great grandparents of David, which you down the line. Yeah, he, he obviously he sired a child with her, Jesus, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. so,
0: yeah, let's let's read a little bit of Boaz. So, so he let Let's man. see, uh, this is in chapter two. I'm trying to find the verse. Mm-hmm. So in chap in chapter two, verse five, he says, "Whose young woman is that?" So he says, "Whose young woman?" As in. It's kind of implying, Mm -hmm. is she married? Yeah. who, (laughs) Who 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 does she belong to? Is she married? And the former replies and tells him the story. This is verse six. And then Boaz talks to Ruth in verse eight. My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. And wherever you are thirsty, get a drink from the water. He, yeah, he's looking
1: out for her. He's looking yeah. out for
0: her, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and then also, and uh, he gives her some food later in the chapter, and gives her something to drink, and she eats until she's full. And after she leaves, he even gathers his harvesters and says, uh, "Even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her." So he's saying, if she's doing it wrong, don't don't mock her for doing that, mm-hmm. and rather. Pull out some yeah. stalks for her from the bundles and Be, then leave them for her to show pick up. Her, show her grace. Mm-hmm. And what, what,
1: that's that's a note to us. Show people grace. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, so it he, is. He's saying show him, show her some grace, and even more so, he's saying leave some stalks for her. So they're instead of harvesting the whole thing, just leave some stalks as you go along, so that she was can my pick point. them. Up. He wasn't
1: selfish. He was leaving her stuff behind, mm-hmm. and you know, instead of us clinging to all of our extra. Think about people around us that we mm-hmm. might need to provide a covering for. Yeah,
2: yeah. We, you know, we think about it. And Naomi, too, she she noticed that, uh, she said, well, you know, she noticed Boaz's uh, kindness. Because she says yeah. in verse 20, the Lord bless him. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's then, a good, he's you know,
2: just so, a good guy. Yeah. Well,
0: we're almost out of time, so...
1: Let's let's oh. pray and. Well, no, we're gonna we're gonna he's gonna give us a song first and then Okay, okay. Close. Well, let's
0: have a song. We only have <laughs> thirty seconds. No, that's do okay. We? If
1: it sometimes it cuts us off, sometimes it doesn't. We'll, okay, we'll, we'll do it before
2: thirty-five minutes. We'll be all. Okay. Awesome. So we'll do back to the heart of worship, which I think is where we're at really, back into the heart of heart of worship. And, you know, learning about the word here. When the music fades.
3: All is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required It's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. King of endless words, no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours, every single breath. I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear
4: You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you
3: All about you, Jesus.
2: Larry, you want to close us in prayer? Heavenly Father, we come to you. Father, we give you glory. And we thank you for all that you are, for all the things that you do for us. We ask for your protection, your guidance through this whole pandemic thing, Father. We pray for our congregation. We pray for the whole world. We pray for the United States and for our president. Father, we thank you for all of your blessings. In the holy name of Yahshua, Messiah, we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Good morning, Union Grove. This is Pastor Faber McMullen, and I'm here with Larry Waddell. Hi, everyone. How are you? And Kelton Gudeau.
0: Hey, guys. How are y'all?
1: For those who don't know, Kelton is our youth pastor, and Larry is our uh, music minister. And we're going to be taking a look at the book of Ruth this morning, so run and get your Bibles. And uh, get them open, so we can move right into this piece of scripture. We are here at our beautiful rec center out on the porch tonight. It's, it's kind of cool, it's isn't it? nice out here. It's nice and breezy, mm-hmm. comfortable. It, it's actually very cool. Yeah, we're, we're recording this y'all on Saturday evening, but it will be broadcast on Sunday morning. So, but it's it's almost uh, a dusk, and uh, the rain has passed, and it's just quiet and cool, and we're gonna have a great time in the Lord. Kelton, why don't you open us in a word of prayer? <clears throat>
0: Dear Lord Father, thank you just for the rain and just please continue to send more God and thank you for just the people that uh, the, the our fellow Christians God and how we're willing to support each other in this and God please help us continue to be faithful to, to one another and to you through this time and God just thank you for uh, sending your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins and please help us learn more and more about you each day as we have this time uh, of quarantine God and please help us seek you out in Jesus name amen
2: amen Larry what are we going to sing today
0: well we're going to open up with a uh,
2: famous one is the name of the song you are the Lord the famous one
3: famous one great is your name in all the earth the heavens declare your glorious glorious great is your fame beyond the earth and for all you've done and are yet to do for oh, every breath I'm praising you desires and every heart, you who honor God.
2: great word, isn't it? It sure is, Thank you so much. God is the famous one. He should all know his name, Yahweh. We just praise him and worship him. You want to lead us in another one? Yeah, we can do do one more. We'll do the heart of worship, and then we'll get into the word with you guys. I know Kelton's got a good word for us. Sitting over there chopping at the bits.
3: (laughs) When the music fades all is trip away And I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart
4: I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it When it's all about you
3: What you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours. Every single breath. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within. You look here, you're
4: looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it, and it's all about it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing i made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus.
1: Thank you, Larry. Doesn't it feel good to your soul? Oh, boy, say? it does. I'm telling you. You guys great. can hear even the birds are singing back here behind <laughs> us. <laughs> Praise Amen. God. You know, guys, we miss y'all more than you can ever imagine for us as ministers it kind of feels weird not having a congregation yeah it does and uh kelton was just saying he's just concerned about his kids his youth like will there be anybody left when we get back you know we're going to trust god that he's going to bring back exactly who needs to be there when we come back and those who are faithful are going to come back amen yeah and uh so we're going to trust the lord in that it's not anything that we can do to keep this congregation together we just minister to y'all we'll give you a podcast We'll do the zooms on Sunday, and uh, right now I think Kelton has a word
0: for us. All right. So uh, today we're going to be reading a lot of the chapter of Ruth. So we're going to need to have your you're going to need to have your Bible open, and we're going to start off in uh, chapter one, uh, verse sixteen through seventeen. And also today we're talking about uh, obedience and how we can see the obedience of Ruth and even Naomi and just. How we can kind of still be obedient in a in a in a time like this where, you know, we're kind of stuck at home. So,
1: oh, we should uh, be stuck at home. <laughs> yeah, we
0: should yeah. be stuck at home. <laughs> so, uh, some Larry, people
1: are out running around. But someone in our congregation commented and said, "Man, this thing's really gotten serious. We better go into isolation." Somebody in Minnesota <laughs> got well. Wow, boy, oh, it's goodness. it's funny how hey, you got to wait till it's right here, mm-hmm, in, yeah. in your living room mm-hmm. before you're concerned. All right.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, Larry, if you'll open to uh, verse sixteen, uh, read sixteen through seventeen of okay.
2: chapter one. All right. But Ruth replied, "Don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, even if even death." separates you and me.
0: Wow. So, this is a really interesting piece of scripture because Ruth is a Gentile and mm-hmm. they're, they're living in uh, Moab and Naomi is the sole survivor of her family and what a life she must have lived for, for Ruth to tell her, God, I want to, Naomi, I want to stay with you I'm going to die where you die and your God's going to become my God that's, your people that's pretty powerful are going to be my people that's yeah. I mean this is a verse haven't you said before this is a verse that's often used for marriage vows oh, very very much so and I mean, it's put on wedding rings too mm-hmm. this know. is I mean yeah this is a the, the love that Ruth had for Naomi must, must have been insane at, so. at,
1: actually Kelton it's funny but this is the verse that I usually I did this for Jason and Becca if y'all were listening uh, for your wedding this is a, what I use as a wedding text because it shows a kind of pure love, even though this is talking about a woman to woman love. It's a pure, unselfish love, and I know, Kelton, you're going to go into that, but I use this as the text. Mm-hmm. When I do, y'all heard if you were there at that wedding, that's what I used.
0: And I mean, it's this is encouraging to me, you know, and it's kind of motivation like, man, what does a life like this look like? Where, how, how can I live? Have someone be able to say to me, you know what? I'm gonna go and follow you to wherever you're from, to people I don't know, to a God I don't know, and I want to go there. And I mean, essentially, we part the only way that we can get people like that is by representing Jesus in our life.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's them. They see that light of Jesus. They they see that light inside you. Like putting that. He talks about the lamp. Mm-hmm. You, you know, that's that's the thing.
1: Yeah. One, one of the great. Uh, I, I don't know. Good, good things that happened in my life. A lot of y'all know Wheezy, uh, Louise O'Claire. And at some point she says, you know, I, I want to be there. I want to be buried with you. So <laughs> Weezy's we, grave is right next to mine up there in, uh, in, in, uh, you know, there at our, our local Whitehall grave in uh, Whitehall Fairview Cemetery. And it's a great honor when someone wants to be buried with you. Mm-hmm. So I, I want my bones to rest where you're going to rest till Jesus comes again.
0: Mm-hmm. So that, you're right. It's pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. that Amen. is a great honor. Other than, you know, Pastor Faber bragging over there. But uh, <laughs> I just thought it's very applicable. <laughs> no, yeah, it is. And it's, I mean, this verse just amazes me. I mean, I I honestly don't have much to say much about it. It's, it's just kind of, it just speaks for itself, you know.
1: Amen. It, it, what it speaks to is a huge testimony of a relationship with the Lord. That Ruth wanted to be part of. Mm-hmm. That's what it is.
0: She she saw that family because it couldn't have been just uh, just Naomi. She must have seen, you know, her uh, late husband's love for the Lord and possibly uh, her late father-in-law and uh, brother-in-law as well. I mean, that sure. that whole family must have just been very devout believers. All right. So then the next verse is. I mean, it's real simple, but it's it's chapter two. Verse two, and I'll read it. It's just one sentence. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, "Let me go into the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor." So this is after um, they've they've moved back to Israel, and Ruth is just she's out there working, and oftentimes that can be what our obedience looks like: is Amen. we just get out there and gather grain. <laughs>
1: Or and do whatever it is God wants us to be doing. Do
0: it, do whatever it is God wants us to be doing, because, I mean, that's yeah. So she's she's just out there gathering food, and and she's not she's also gathering it behind anyone in whose eyes she finds favor. So it's she's she's working harder than than one normal you know field worker would be. So it's just I mean, this is it's not much to teach on in this verse. Or discuss, but it's just kind of an interesting. We get to see a little bit of Ruth's character, and, it, and previously, Naomi isn't asked. doesn't say anything about Naomi asking her to do this, and so it seems to be that uh, Ruth is doing this on her own accord. You know, you know
1: what? I'm, not to interrupt you, Kelton, but to interrupt you. Uh, <laughs> it just shows me that you know God can direct you guys when you're doing something.
4: Sitting around doing
1: nothing—I mean, sometimes you are just sit and listen. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, if you're uncertain, just move ahead with something, move forward, and the Lord will direct things in your life. I mean, you've seen that, Larry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, but do something. I—I yeah. I always tell my kids, you know, uh, that uh, God—that uh, you can't steer a boat that's not moving. Mm-hmm. So if you start moving, then then the Lord can steer you in some direction. Mm-hmm. We're gonna—and Ruth's working. Mm-hmm. You know, she's gonna, doing something.
0: We're going to talk about that even more deeply later. And I'm excited for that. But right now, I mean, yeah. How many times in our lives have we had great things uh, come come out of our lives? And it wasn't this huge call from God. It was just us being obedient to the next thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, me coming to Union Grove, I felt called. But it wasn't God. You know, he didn't have some divine revelation, the sky opening up and God saying, I want you there. It was just like. All the other doors in my life have been slammed in my face, <laughs> and here's the only one that's open.
1: It's kind of interesting. But, but but you also told me that you said you really I, felt
0: called. I did. I did feel called. It's kind of like an
1: itch that you need to scratch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's unfinished business. Mm-hmm. To and and Kelton dodged me for about a month. I kept trying to get a hold of him. And at least I, I don't remember, remember that part. It seemed but. like you were. I, I said, "What's going on, man? I just don't feel qualified." That's what he told me. He said, "I don't care if you're qualified.
0: I want to know are you called or not." I don't remember that part, but Pastor Faber's got a good memory, so I'll trust Pastor that. Pastor
1: Faber doesn't, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> Should be the other way around. Yeah. You're younger. <laughs> so uh, the next verse is going to be 2, 11 through 12. Uh, Pastor Faber, if you'll read that, please.
1: Boaz replied, I've been told all about... Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Boaz replied, I've been told all... He's talking to Ruth. What you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. How you left your father and mother, your homeland, and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge.
0: So, a little context of this verse again. Uh, Turns out, the field that she was working in was Boaz's field, and the workers knew who she was. I don't know if she was talking to them or or what, ha- what happened, but uh, the workers knew the whole story of why Ruth was there. And Boaz goes and he goes in the field and he says, whose young woman is that? Because he didn't recognize her. He wasn't. She wasn't uh, one of his, his servants. And they fill Boaz in on all the details and he approaches her and, and tells her this. So I would like to say a really interesting comparison between that verse and Matthew 19 28-30, uh, through 30, which I'll read Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones. Jesus is talking to the disciples here, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And this is where it's really interesting. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or fields for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much, and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. So I want to compare that again to verse 11, where Boaz replies, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you left your father and your mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. And then he says, may the Lord repay you for what you have done. And so this directly correlates to what Jesus says mm-hmm. in verse 29 of Matthew nineteen twenty-nine. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields, for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. So this is, I I really don't have much to say about this. This just kind of blows my mind. You know, we have this comparison that's almost a direct quote, Mm -hmm. but it's not attributed as a direct quote, but it's, it's just, and it's again, the obedience and faithfulness of Ruth. She's. She left all that she had, you know, to follow her, her widow, uh, mother-in-law mm-hmm. who could not offer, she really could not offer anything to Ruth. And do y'all, do y'all have anything to say on that? No, I, th- I think
1: it's, you know, I reserve what I got to say.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then the next thing will be, uh, chapter three and we're each going to read uh, six verses because there's 18 verses in it. So, Larry, you'll you'll read one through six. All right. Pastor Faber, you'll read uh, seven through... I can't do math right now. Through 12. 12. Okay. I'll read 13 through 18. (laughs) All
2: right. So here we go. One day, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be well provided for. Now, Boaz, with whose... with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfume, and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying, then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, (coughs) Ruth answered, so she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do.
1: And when Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quiet, quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man, and he turned, and there was a woman lying at his <laughs> feet. <laughs> <Pretty> unusual. <laughs> who, who are you, he asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. The Lord bless you, my, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of our family, There is another who is more closely related than I.
0: Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to redeem, good, let him redeem. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized, and he said, Don't let it be known that a woman came to the threshing floor. He also said, Bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley, and put it on her. Then he went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother in law, Naomi asked, How did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her, and added, He gave me these six measures of barley, saying, Don't go back to your mother in law empty handed. And Naomi said, Wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the matter or for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today.
1: It's so in- intriguing.
0: Yeah, this is yeah. a really I mean, kinda weird. <laughs> it is kind of going weird.
2: Going yeah, it makes you wonder what is what's the thing that's going to be settled. What, is <laughs> There's, yeah. what, what are they doing under the cover? You know? yeah, exactly. well, yeah,
0: she's oh. at his feet, and man, I wish I could wake up with a woman at my feet. And be kind of weird. Kelt, Kelt, he say up. that. I just... <laughs> no, I was talking with a guy one time, and we were talking about marriage and just kind of having a, a fun discussion. He was like, man, I want to be like Boaz. I want to have a woman at my feet. <laughs> <laughs> <No kidding. laughs> Wake up in the middle of the night. <laughs> Anyways, it
1: it, it is, is a very, of... very intriguing text, and, and it <laughs> accentuates to us, guys, really how earthy and real the Bible is mm-hmm. and how it really applies to our life. So so what are we going to glean out of this? I'm, I'm curious, yeah. Kelton, what you come up with in this. And so, you, Larry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. well, first yeah. off, this is, a, uh, this is actually... A ritual thing, and Naomi tells Ruth to do this, and Ruth may not have known uh, what it meant. She just says, you know, I'm going to do uh, <laughs> what you say. And uh, so, what this was is well, servants would often lie at their master's feet, so Ruth was displaying submission to Boaz, and then she, when she asked for his, his covering, uh, it, was, it was a representation of his hand in marriage in a sense for all no, that. Not, he had not whole, in sense. Exactly. Or exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're right and on it. it. You're
1: right. It, it was basically her saying, please marry me.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Cause all that she had, all that Boaz had, she wanted, not, not, she was not, she was like a money chaser or anything, but that she wants his protection over her. She wants his covering the, over the her covering, life. That's what it's, that's what it's representing. And so that, that's what she's asking for here. And then it's <laughs> this is just really a weird kind of ritual or a tradition, I guess. But uh, it's really beautiful, though, because we need to ask for God's covering over us. He's ready and willing, but have have we truly asked God for his covering in our lives?
1: I, I have during this uh, COVID crisis. I've, I've asked for God's covering over you and Larry and this congregation. I've prayed, and I don't know if it'll happen, that that all of us would escape any kind of symptoms of the, mm-hmm. of the coronavirus.
0: Mm-hmm. I've I've, I really done, have. I've done a prayer walk around the church. I didn't tell anybody. Oh, I just walked that a that is so cool. Thank the, you. It was late at night and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go visit the church and, and pr- say like, a prayer like, and walk like Joshua the, go around seven times. <laughs> I just walked around once, but it was dark. I didn't want to look inside or anything, but, but, uh,
1: but yes, you're right. Kelton. Jesus is our, our kinsman redeemer. I think, you know, just like, like uh, Boaz here for Ruth. And what a beautiful thing you brought out that, yeah, you know, and another thing about he's saying, would you marry me? Aren't we the bride of Christ we as are. the church? Well, sure. Yeah, we
2: are. I mean, that's you know, what it, he calls it, us. And it, it, it's really, it's not, you talked about her being like, she's not a money chaser, but and it's not about that. It's about, she She was a, you got to remember in these times, a woman, especially a woman that was widowed, had was nothing, had nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and and she she knew that she needed to take care of her life and to take care of Naomi's life. Mm-hmm. And to be able to do that, she had to have a redeemer as in Christ, as we need Christ every day to take Amen. care of us. Uh, you know, we, we go out in the world and we think we can make a living, we do all that, but we need Christ to cover us. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what she was doing. It's, it's just really a, it's a wonderful uh, metaphor, I think, for us needing I, Christ. And I needing think us. on a human
1: level, it's real sweet when Boaz actually gives her the barley and says, this is for your mother-in-law.
2: Mm-hmm. So he's saying, not only am I going to take care of you, I'm taking care of your mother-in-law. Well, mm-hmm. and you know, you think about it at, at his—that shows his character too, because here's this woman laying at his feet, and he didn't take advantage of her.
0: No, no, not at all. She,
2: he said, you you rest here. And the text and, is and clear I, about and that. And he made mm-hmm. sure. He said, don't even tell anyone that a woman came here. Right. And it says, you know, don't
0: even. She so, laid at his feet until morning. Right. Yeah. And uh, didn't lay in his arms. She laid mm-hmm. at his feet. Laid yeah. at his feet. And the. The whole uh, "Don't tell anybody a woman was here." Not because it wasn't because he was uh, scared of his own
4: uh, reputation. Yeah, he was watching out for her. He was reputation. watching out for her. And, yeah,
0: amen. And saying, you know, like this doesn't need to get out because people are gonna, you know, we know the Those truth. People, They're really, gonna think the are bad are of you. Think yeah. the bad of you, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you mentioned how widows were kind of, you know, they didn't really have much. Well, I'd like to go back to Matthew nineteen. Uh, 30, where it says, uh, and many who are last will be first, and yeah. many who are first will be last. That's mm-hmm. exactly what happened to Ruth here. She's obedient, Amen. and she was mm-hmm. the last. I mean, she had nothing. She was a yeah. servant
1: of the servants. Moved the to
0: Gentile. A, she was a Gentile, servant of the servants. I mean, she was harvesting Grain behind exactly, the people. she was
2: getting what was left over. She was right. a, a just, widow, just, she's
0: getting left over with yeah. the rich people just left behind, uh, the cor- corners of the field, mm-hmm. you know. And she was a widow in a foreign land, so this woman had nothing.
1: And hey, another thing cool about this is, you know, I think in the Levitical law, they were commanded not to take the corners of their field, mm-hmm. to leave them for people, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's a reminder to us our generosity, you know, if you got a Stuff in storage, like I, I we were talking the other day, you know, paying money to store things. Maybe it's time to pull some of that stuff out and give it to somebody mm-hmm. who can use it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah.
1: Instead of paying money to store stuff you're never going to use. And and mm-hmm. Boaz let, wasn't worried about the surplus, wasn't
4: right. worried mm-hmm. about
1: the extra
0: stuff. And he, he said, take it. Take it. So one question we now have to ask as we're kind of running short on time is, well, how can we be like Ruth? during this time of quarantine, you know, how can we be obedient to, to the Lord? And there's, uh, there's one quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, if anybody knows who he is. Oh yeah. He's a, uh, a had, great. Had
1: had to read his books in seminary.
0: <laughs> he's a great Christian that, uh, lived during World War II and eventually ended up being killed by the Nazis, but, uh, they hunted him down and Days before, days before the war, days was before ended. the war was over, Hitler said, "Go find Bonhoeffer and kill him." <laughs> I
1: mean, with nothing to gain from it, right? Just hated his guts.
0: But so this quote from Bonhoeffer is: "Those who obey believe, and those who believe obey." Amen. And it's so important that neither of those are separated; that they they're not separate from each other. Because if you say those who obey believe, then you become this legalistic Christian who does who misses the point. And then, if you say only, and you say those who believe obey, then you kind of have this doctrine of cheap grace, in a sense. But when you put them together, you have this whole, just
1: integrated
0: integrated beauty of the Christian life. And so the the message in that is, Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes in his book. Uh, oh, I forgot the name. Blanked. Cost of discipleship. (laughs) Cost of discipleship. Thank you. Running low on sleep today. That's all right. Uh, He says... I blanked. Lost my train of thought. Those who obey believe, and those who believe obey. So, he's talking to Christians, and he says, if you kind of say to yourself, man, I don't have the faith I used to, or I just don't feel, you know, God's talking to me like he used to, or I don't have the fire like I used to. He says, well, maybe it's because... You're doing something wrong. You're not obeying. Your belief, if your belief is lowered, then that's because you're not obeying. And if your o- obeying is lowered, that's <laughs> because you're not believing. Mm-hmm. And the two are so intertwined, they are intertwined that when you decrease one, the other decreases as well. And so how can we obey during this time of the coronavirus? Well, I mean, it's so important that we read our, our Bible. That's God's word to us. And there's a quote from a Christian song that says, you can't tell me God's silent when your Bible is closed. Amen. Guys, we need to dig into the Word so that we can gain the nourishment that God has for us.
1: And I will say this in a minute. It's been easy for me to neglect reading my Bible. It is. I've been so busy with tasks Mm -hmm. since we had uh, Raymond. Raymond, you're listening to this this morning. (laughs) uh, Here, that I've neglected. I mean, that guy be up at dawn out there with the weed eater and i'm mm. thinking i got to get up and go instead i should have said you know i need to spend time with. yeah the it's,
2: i always take the time I, I have a cup of coffee and that's my time to sit down and i i have a app on my phone that tells me it's a daily encouraging say speak verses. to me today and I, I pray over it with the bible and i read that verse and it's just amazing the things that i glean out of that mm-hmm. at that time i mean god just speaks to you it's different with everybody everybody has, everybody has a different time But, you know, that's my time. Well, I'm going to do better now.
1: Raymond's gone. He left this morning, and so all I have is my congregation and the word (laughs) and a few little details to wrap up. Mm -hmm. Well, what ends up happening to Ruth before we close?
0: So Ruth ends up getting married to Boaz, and she has a kid. And what's really, really amazing about this story is this child becomes the... Let me see. It's the great. It's the great. Is that is is it the great grandfather or the grandfather of, of David? King, of David. Well, Naomi Anyways. took
1: the child. It says, uh, in her arms, cared for him, and Naomi. See, Naomi has a son. They named him Obed. He was the father. Mm-hmm. father of their so. he's the, father, yes, the father.
0: I mean, he's the he's, so he's the, grandfather the grandfather then of, of David. David. Yes, yeah, yeah. And she's the great grandmother of David, who's possibly, probably, the greatest king ever in Israel. No, He was, he the, was greatest the greatest king. king. I mean, and and even more important than that, she becomes uh, part of the ancestry, part of the genealogy of Jesus. Yeah, and she's a Gentile. God,
1: God showed us that He wanted to include us all. That's Amen. That's right. Exactly.
0: Amen. So this is just thank you so much. Really awesome. And so yeah, that's, a, that's a great story. It really is.
2: You know, it, it really it really reminds you even back then because when uh, those the, the people from where she came from were not accepted by the Jewish people. They thought me these mm-hmm. are the people Absolutely. that are chosen, and God's not. You know we're God's favorite. You're not. God's not, a, not, not interested and they, in me. Yeah, but God used, and that shows you that God can use anyone, any any race, any any sex, any religion, any whatever whatever you are, God can use you. Well, now, well, not any we, religion, but you no, know, <laughs> you know, obviously, will, yeah. When uh, you, you know. come to faith,
0: you come from anybody. Absolutely, God. that's well, right. What's well, yeah. really interesting on a on a side note when when we say any religion, God is sending Muslims. Dreams about Jesus right, right now. now. Sure, and I mean this is happening to many different Muslims. So that's an interesting tangent. He is so, even using people of different religions. Yeah, you can. you can. You come from he any is. background I mean, and it be it any background be a Christian. Yes, absolutely. So
2: God's waiting and willing. Awesome. The message.
0: The message today summed up in one sentence is: Guys, we need to obey God. We need to believe Him. And we're going to be richly rewarded. This isn't some Amen. prosperity gospel. And we're going to
1: get through this COVID. We're, we're going to get yes, through We're this. going to get
0: through it with the power of God in, in every life in this
1: congregation. Amen, guys? Amen. 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 Well, let's go to the so, Lord in prayer. And uh, and we just love you guys. And we miss you. And we're praying for you. So, Kelton, why don't you close
0: us? All right, I'll close us. God, thank you for just this message and for the book of Ruth. And God, for revealing yourself just throughout all of Scripture, God. And please move in our hearts and... God, let us desire your word and soften our hearts and our minds so that we can have what is that you have to say to, to, we can hear what it is you have to say for us, God, and help us find ways to, to obey you, God, in the day-to-day, and while we're stuck at home throughout this coronavirus, God, and help us just praise you and worship you, and God, let us see you in wide-eyed wonder like a, a child looks at something just really amazing we've never seen before, something like a a waterfall or nature or their parents, God, that they're they're just amazed, God. Help us see you and just be amazed. And so, God, just please continue. Thank you for working in this time, and please continue that. And, God, please be with our leaders and give them wisdom. And, God, just thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Hey, guys, we love you all. Talk to you later.